This is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. It is indeed the Lover and the Fighter podcast. This is episode six of probably seven. <laughs> I'm gonna, man, let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves. We might not even get through this one. I don't buy green bananas. You know me. Eat dessert first. Yeah. Because you may die before. Right. Uh, it is the Lover and the Fodder podcast. I would be the lover and the former brother love, J to the C. That is DT. Television's Dean Thomas is John Anik. So refers to you. Uh, you would be, of course, the fighter. You are just back from UFC 263 in Glendale, Arizona. And yet again, more gruesome injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's always a great experience to be out there and be so ingrained into it and just like just in the middle of it and see all those gruesome injuries all those gruesome and i'm, I'm just talking about nate diaz yeah no, no, no. <laughs> no i'm kidding yeah. uh dean of course was doing in-fight analysis alongside john anik and paul felder and one joe rogan um but there was another gruesome injury and you actually talked to that cat you actually talked to that kid yesterday or earlier this week i guess i should say because it's recorded talked to him twice twice for yeah. your serious xm uh radio show yes for the serious show, and then I was on UFC Unfiltered with Matt, Sarah, oh and Jim God. Norton, oh and we God. spoke to him on that as well. Yeah, so he, he, and he was at the MRI place when we spoke to him. And so he was getting an MRI on <laughs> yeah, his knee yeah. because he had like the third fastest knockout in UFC history, and then managed somehow to injure himself celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the kid's name again? Uh, Terrence McKinney. That's right. That's Terrence right. McKinney. Yeah. But get this: this kid had. A, a week before that, he had a 40-second knockout. Mm-hmm. Like a few months before like, that, like eight he had a, days, yeah, like eight days yeah. before. And then before that, he had a 17-second knockout. And before that, he had a 16-second knockout. He's getting no ring time. He doesn't need any. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's been, he won three fights in a total of 42 seconds. He's going to miss six weeks because he celebrated. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's <laughs> he's so, wild, it, man. He's wild. Like, talk about, like, man, is that, like, it could have been such a great moment. And instead, it's completely ruined because he just jumped up the cage, and then you saw him down his knee, and you said he had something going on previously with an injury involving a rod. Yeah, so he had the same injury that Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva had where they snapped their leg in half. Gotcha. He said that happened to him in the middle of a fight, and he kept fighting, and then he had to like tell the referee later in the fight that his leg was broke. In the, in the midst just, of it. Yeah, in the midst of the fight, but he kept fighting. But he was already on the ground, so they didn't know Yikes. that his leg was snapped. Yikes. So anyway, he thought that's what he hurt when he jumped down on his knee. Yeah. But if that wasn't enough, UFC's 263 had more gruesome injuries because it's been the spring-summer of grotesque injuries. Uh, broken arms Oh yeah, early yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, Jamal Hill and yeah. Paul Craig. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to come down on the ref because I think we come down too hard on the refs. You know, like mm-hmm. they, they stopped it too early, too late, too early, too right. late. And I think that makes them nervous so they don't know when to really stop fights. So I'm not going to come down on the ref. But that was kind of it was kind of bizarre to watch his arm just flopping around. He had a Jimmy Crute dead foot, except it was his arm. Right. But it wasn't dead. It was actually just broken. It was, yeah, it was dislocated. Dislocated. But it was, I mean, again, we, you're right. We come down hard on the refs. He stopped it too early, stopped it too late. Why didn't he get involved? We have a better angle on television because we have 360. You know, obviously yeah. they take different camera angles and the referees were at that disadvantage. But you were sitting there cage side. You knew pretty early on there that, um, hold on a second. His arm isn't completely all together now. Yeah, like I was, as because he was getting elbowed in the head at the same time. Right. So it made it look really bad because his arm was flopping. But then it's he flopping. was also trying to punch back as well with the other arm. Right. So it looked like he was trying to still be in a fight, but you couldn't tell whether he was trying to punch back or tap out. So, like, I mean, it was really. <laughs> is it a bad sign when you don't know if they're punching back or tapping <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, like it is. <laughs> so, I mean, it was really kind of bizarre, bizarre like 10 seconds of like. 
just this chaos and his yeah. arm flopping and the ref just like looking like I don't know what to do. And, and that was kind of a, a heated ceremonial face off. Yeah. If you remember correctly, I mean, the victor in this instance showed up with face painted like Braveheart. Yeah. And, and then there were words and there was obviously some, you know, bad vibes. But then I guess like they went out afterwards. Yeah. Like they went out and got drunk together. And then, like, had a good time And then together. went dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, they're going to end up being best of friends. What in the world? What is this? What is the world coming to? No, I'm t- what it is, man, is when you get into a fist fight with somebody yeah. and that happens and you have that respect for them, like you share this bond that you don't have with anybody else in the world. For sure. And now they will be best of friends for life. It was weird because the weigh-in was contentious and yeah. there was obviously, there was bad feelings and there was, you know, going to be an issue. And then, you know, you get, I, I think maybe if their arm wasn't dislocated, broken, what have you, that maybe it wouldn't have been such a, but then there's that feeling of, oh, damn, dude, I'm sorry. And oh, damn, dude, we're bonded over this. Like, yeah, well, said. you know what it was? It was like the one guy was like, damn, man, I'm sorry I broke your arm. Yeah. And, but he's also like, yo, you didn't tap out. Right. And you stayed in there. So, like, right. they have this respect for each other right. now. Like, man, you broke my arm. But he's like, but you didn't tap out. Right. And if you would have tapped out, then none of this would have happened. Right. You wouldn't have had to go out and get drunk <laughs> yeah, yeah. and go dancing. Like, if you would have tapped out, you would have been like, yo, I would have been like, yo, you're mine now. You but, know, so. Yeah. But they were dancing. All right. We got to move on now because we are behind schedule. Yeah, you see that right there? We got 10 seconds or five, four, three, two, one. Good. Uh, let us move on to Nate Diaz. And, uh, boy, uh, you, <laughs> I mean. You, you predicted it. You called it. You called it on this Lover and the Fighter podcast, and you also correctly predicted it on Josh Cohen, the home team, our weekly show on ESPN South Florida, 3 to 5 p.m. between you and me and Christina, a.k.a. Tina, home team. And uh, you said the fight was going to go one of two ways. Remind everyone what you said was going to happen. I said the fight was going to go either Nate Diaz was going to take a beating mm-hmm. for four rounds yeah. or five rounds right. and then lose, right. or he was going to take a beating for five rounds and then win. Right. And... One happened and the other one almost happened. Both almost happened. <laughs> yeah. Both almost happened, yeah. which is impossible, but yeah. both almost happened. Nate Diaz, remember, uh, had propositions. I sent them to you because you could bet actually offshore in some sports books. Would Nate get a cut in the first round? Yes or no. Would Nate flip off Leon Edwards? Yes or no. Um, would Nate deliver a Stockton slap? Yes or no. And... Um, Two of those took place, I guess. Yeah. Certainly the slap did. The cut in the first round was close, but I guess that didn't happen. Um, he did take a beating. He did get cut up. But then late in the fifth round, inside of a minute and 10 seconds or so, um, he caught Edwards. Well, he distracted him. He got him slap, but then he caught him. Yeah, he caught him with a good shot. And that good was shot. something that Edwards said later that he kind of lost his focus. And, you know, the funny thing about that is I called, I sent Edwards a message afterwards. And I said, if you want to make it to the championship level, you have to work on your focus. Because this isn't the first time that he's lost his focus at the end of a fight. You're talking about that. actually in in a fight. Yeah. Not prior to, not training. No. In, 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 like, in fights. In the midst of, how, in, how do you lose your focus in the middle of, of a, the, the fifth round? The, the end of the fight. Like you are. How? Like you're dominating and you think you got it and you just start coasting. It's almost like, think of, think of like a basketball game where they're winning and then like in the last two minutes, the other team catches up. Right. That's the same thing what happens with these guys, like, like Leon Edwards. Except He's in winning. Ba- yeah. In basketball, there's no 15-point shot, but in, in MMA, there is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it's easy, to, it's easy to catch back up, but he's done this before when he fought Brian Barbarina. He was killing him the whole fight. Then he lets him come back against Gunnar Nelson, killing him the whole fight, then lets him come back. Yeah. And almost did it with Nate Diaz. Yeah. Um, that was – but that fight took a turn. Yeah. Inside. I and, mean, the whole place stood up to, like – 
Get him! Get like you was like even me. I was kind of like get him. But you kind of wanted to see him you, make this comeback. But you can't do that. You're supposed to be impartial. <laughs> like you're not supposed to be rooting or having an interest. No, I mean I don't really have it. Like I I, I like Leon Edwards and I wanted him to win. for sure. So you sent him a message and you said, "Hey man, um, this is unsolicited advice." Yeah, unsolicited advice. And you're telling him you got to keep this focus. That's what's keeping you from. But isn't he now next in line after Colby for this? Perhaps or maybe fighting Masvidal. Really? Yeah. All right, but, but Dan- I don't. I don't think his performance really did enough to show Dana that he was uh, ready for a title. Because he did go the distance, he and he almost, got, distance, knocked almost got knocked out. Like if he had closed the show, right. he might have. He might have did it. But that comes down to clock watching. I mean, that comes down to you think, boy, if if you know that fifth round could be totally different if Nate catches him, you know, with four minutes left, caught him with one minute left, yeah. and then oh, Edwards yeah. held that, on for dear was, life. If that was four minutes left, that would have been a different fight. Mm-hmm. Would, Nate would have won that fight. Nate might have made your other prediction correct. Yeah. The one where he takes the beating and wins, <laughs> yep. as opposed to your other prediction, which was accurate, that said he takes the beating and loses. Yeah. All right, we are moving on. So let's continue on, actually, with last Saturday night in Glendale, UFC 263, UK side on fight analysis, Dean Thomas. And that would be for Brandon Moreno. Uh, that crowd was 100% behind Nate Diaz and behind Brandon Moreno. Obviously, you're in the Southwest, and there's a large Mexican contingency. He would have been and now is the first Mexican-born UFC champion. That crowd really, 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 really was behind him, and they were really, really rewarded with a special performance that a lot of people, including Dana, didn't see coming. No, no one did, and and the re- I think the reason why is because... Well, don't say no one. I took him. Well, well, I mean, not really that, but in terms of like what happened that weekend and what he did, I mean, he was a two-to-one underdog. Right. And... I mean, his journey in itself is impressive. Mm-hmm. And he has one of those those recipes that just everybody has to love him because of because of what he's made of. Right. Like, think about it. Like he he got cut from the UFC three years ago. Yep. He was the last pick on the Ultimate Fighter yep. in Latin. Yep. So like in Latin America. So like he was a guy who just overachieved and he and um, it's like to see him go from that to this, like you have to love him and he's so happy. He's such a smiley kid. They're like he just resonates with people. The people can look at him and go, "Man, I see myself in him." He is relatable. Yes, he is memorable. He is likable. He's all those things that you would not expect from a UFC fighter, a character, a brand. I, I can't think of. I mean, you and I know Junior Dos Santos on a different level, and he is a scary heavyweight and the former heavyweight, you know, champion of the UFC, who is really a likable, soft, sweet guy. Right. Brandon Moreno is a little guy. There's Steph Curry qualities there. Yes, he looks exactly. young. That's what it is. Steph Curry qual- So little kids are going to like him. Fight fans are going to like him. He's an ultimate underdog Rocky story. But the best part for me is that when you check his Instagram bio, it says Funko Pop and Lego Collector. Like it, again, like I just he has that recipe for likability and relatability, and everybody's going to love him. But the thing I love about it is it's so authentic. Yeah. Like he didn't have to like feel like he needed to talk trash or do anything and like that's where people go wrong like if that's not your personality don't go that way yeah just keep it real keep stay who you are keep it real he is wildly marketable yes to south and central america hispanic latino communities because of his likability because of his relatability because little kids can identify and grown-ups can identify and because he's a non this is the steph curry qualities if you will of marketing as i was mentioning earlier 
I just love the fact that in his Instagram bio, he could list accomplishments or badassery, and instead it says that he collects Lego toys. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's awesome. So then, like, Lego nerds are like, man, that's my guy right there. Uh, but but you know what, though? He won that fight, and he almost won oh, the first fight. Yeah, and I mean, he really, I mean, not only did he win that Dominated fight, the fight, totally outclassed yeah. a guy who was supposed to beat him. Why was he so underestimated, you think, in this matchup? Again, because, you know, Figueredo has that, a skill set that is just different from everybody mm-hmm. else in that division. Like, he's... And, and most guys in that at that weight class are similar in like speed, power, things like that. But yeah. Figueredo is more. He's, fa- he's faster. He's more explosive. And Brandon Moreno's not the best athlete, really. You know, he's just really disciplined. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that was the reason why he was but such an underdog. Was too much made of the fact that well, the last one was short notice, so there's fluky results. Like, was too much read into that? Well, yeah. I mean, it was that. It was like short notice. You know, he cuts a lot of weight, and he had to do it twice in a month. And he said he was sick. And, yeah. like, no one knew how sick he was except him. So, like, if he's saying he was sick, we got to take his word for it. Yeah. But apparently he wasn't that sick. Uh, you know what a good week is his Lego plug. Because, you know, he bought a bunch of new uh, Lego kits. Yeah, for so sure. So whoever his plug is got paid <laughs> got this paid, week. yep. Good for Brandon Moreno. Good for Mexico. He was looking at that belt. He was, he was looking at that belt. And you could tell that he was, like, scanning for the Mexican flag. Because you know it's not represented. Right. And thinking to himself, guess what? Guess what, bitches? It is. Yep. it is now. Yeah, it is. it is. So he's fighting literally for a nation. Yeah, I mean, that's really good for Mexico. All right, let's move on. You heard the clap, clap. That means 10 seconds in the round. We're just making it up as we go. Uh, the main event of last Saturday night's evening was a rewind. It was a run back. Marvin Vittori and, of course, Israel Adesanya. Um, this one was somewhat disappointing for expectations. Some folks thought, wait a minute, last one was a split decision. This one should have been closer. Did we get what you thought we were going to get? Because we didn't get what I thought. Yeah, we got what I thought. And I, because I, as I studied the two fighters, I said, if one is able to really get going and get his game plan going, it should look like it the way it looked. And it did. Like Israel Adesanya was able to do what he needed to do in order to win. Mm-hmm. And that was totally shut Marvin Vittori down. He wasn't allowed. He didn't able to to let him strike with him on the feet. And that was really the difference. Because because he couldn't strike with him, he couldn't get close enough to take good shots and get him down to the ground. Yeah. So that's why we saw what we saw. And then when he did get him to the ground, obviously Israel Adesanya did his homework, had some answers for it. So he did his homework and yeah. it paid off. Could you imagine if Marvin Vittori was as likable and marketable thereof as Brandon Moreno is for Italy, for Italian-Americans, yeah, sure. yeah. and for the nation of, because Italy doesn't have that. No, Ireland got theirs, of mm-hmm. course, and Irish-Americans got theirs in the form of Connor. And now Mexicans and Mexican-Americans have theirs in the form of Brandon Moreno. Brazil, of course, goes without saying. But could you imagine if Marvin Torre had that Italian thing? He'd yeah. be the biggest star. He'd be the biggest star in Italy. If he but he didn't have it. No. People, I don't, honestly... I have no problem with him, but I don't know anybody that likes Marvin Vittori. He rubs people the wrong he way. He rubs everyone the wrong way. Like, yeah. Even in the industry, like there's not a lot of yeah. guys. Who, oh, yeah, that's my boy. That's too bad. That's too bad. At the end of that fight, he was kind of like punch-slapping Izzy in the legs, trying to look like he was doing something. Yeah. And you saw Israel Adesanya's face. He yeah. was feigning pain. Yeah. But then he was doing that Italian thing, like, ah, yeah, yo. Yeah. You know, like the hand <laughs> yeah. gesture. Like, that was a little bit. Come on, well, man. Israel Israel got no filter, and he's, he's a bit insensitive sometimes. He's a funny guy, though. He's, he's funny. I mean, he's a character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but that's but that's who he is, though. So like, I don't. And then knock he collapsed him. in yeah. fake pain. Yeah, I don't knock Israel because that's who he is. That is his personality. He's right. not faking anything. Keep it real. All right, let's move on then to this weekend. It is a UFC fight night. It's Korean Zombie versus Dan Fifty K Egay. Um, speaking earlier about keeping your focus to the duration of a fight. As soon as we talk about Leon Edwards and losing uh, laps, there, 
let us not forget the time that I totally uh, got jobbed because Korean Zabi got knocked out after hugging his opponent oh, my with one God, second right? left at four fifty nine <laughs> at oh. four fifty nine of the third and final round when he got when he got knocked out. That is absolutely crazy. Is that the worst beat that was of my a, MMA betting yeah, career? Because like you know, Korean Zombie has such high hopes. Like you had hopes for him. Like this yeah. was, I think that was like his comeback fight, and you were like, "Man, we can't wait to see what he does." And then he lets that happen. He won. He yes, won. he was winning the fight. And then they hugged at the end. But then the referee said, "Break it up. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Break it up." So yeah. they broke it up. And then he got caught with one second <laughs> <laughs> with a spinning elbow, like a shot. Like he he avoided the first one and got caught with the second one. I text you. I was so mad. You remember how mad I was? I yeah. was furious. Oh. All right, so let's look real quick at this card uh, this coming Saturday night. Matt Brown returns again. Diego Lima. Matt Brown, it seems like at some point it's got to be the end of the road. Yeah, I mean, this this honestly is a weird matchup for me because, you know, I don't think that, you know, you're right. So I think this is trying to give Matt Brown a favor, Mm -hmm. you know, by giving him not really that high profile of a guy, someone who's not. Plus 150 of a dog. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like Diego Lima's still not like, you know, uh, up and comer like mm-hmm. he's been around a while so but you know not an interesting fight really on uh, on paper but it could be an interesting fight when it happens because Matt Brown is such a dog um what do you think of the co-main event with Olenek and uh, Spivak what do you think here you know it's tough to say like if Olenek gets him down yeah any anyway like if he even just pulls him on top of him he has a chance For but sure. if he doesn't He's, he's just a bit too slow, man. He's a little too old. He's yeah. a little too slow. His reflexes aren't there. He's got no balance. Was he 40 now? Yeah, he's 40. He's got four. He's got wins in four different decades. The 90s, the 2000s, the teens, and the 20s. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, main event of the evening, Korean Zombie and 50K, Dan Ige. Uh, this is a minus 230 spot. Uh, excuse me. Uh, in this main event, it's a, it's a pick em. It's an even. It's a minus 110 either way. This is a coin flip fight. For the main event of the evening. What do you like? I th- you know, I actually kind of like Dan Ige. Like, if you asked me a year ago who I thought would win this fight, I would say the Korean Zombie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, he's a talented guy. But for some reason, like, after his last performance against, you know, uh, Brian Ortega, I can't really trust him anymore. He just seems he seems so one-dimensional. Really? Yeah, he seemed like he wasn't able to make adjustments in the middle of the fight. He wasn't able to make the reads that he needed to, and he just seemed like a power puncher with a good ground game. But he's patient, and he can be precise. Yeah. In a spot where there's a chance to finish, he sometimes seems like, all right, he slows down the moment, and we talk about precision over power. He's capable of doing that. He's capable of doing that, but I kind of like Dan Ige's chances based on what he's doing in training, who he's working with, and how he's approaching fights now. There you go. He's got a little bit more intellect involved. All right. that Of course, the fight card is on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Um, you're on the road again, well, two weeks, I guess, right, to Las Vegas. Yes. For International Fight Week, and that's McGregor Poirier 3. I'll be out there. We'll be out there together. Yeah, we, could, we could do a little show. It's the first time that you were, like, doing something in broadcast, and I was pretending that I was doing something in broadcast, <laughs> as opposed to me pretending yeah. something, and you coaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, now it's different. There it is. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends to do the same. Rate, comment, whatever it is, nonsense, whatever. Uh, we don't get paid either way. We yeah, keep, it doesn't matter. We keep telling folks. Just, we don't get paid for this. Just listen. Just listen, because we're just giving you these nuggets for free. That's it. You're welcome. You're welcome, America, wherever you're listening. Hopefully, we're big in Mexico this week after the Brandon Moreno love. For Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Lover and the Fighter podcast.